0: All right. I want to hear this done a different way. All of you, from right down the middle, that way, you are the echo. You got that? And all y'all over here, you got the first part of this. But we're all singing together where it comes together. We can do this, I know. Let's try that again. Ready over here? This is the day, we see that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, this is the day this is the day that the lord has made great i know lynn would have enjoyed singing that song it's good too to put a smile on your face even in the midst of something that seems so very sad i want to first of all welcome all of you not only those of you that are seated here in the main worship center but also those of you that happen to be a few hundred feet away down in the Fellowship Center, on behalf of Jean and her family, I welcome you here. I know that it's got to be a personal source of encouragement and comfort to see so many of you who have taken the time to be here to remember the life of Lynn Lowe. I need to tell you that as his pastor, many times in this last week, my mind has recalled what was so special about Lynn. I'm amazed at how often I just sat in my chair in my office and just thought about him and the time I got to spend with the family and listen to their stories about Ruthie's champion and Warren's papa, you know, all kinds of things, even down to somebody's bumper sticker I saw at the funeral home last week that said, um, being democratic means to be republican. I mean, you you learn an awful lot about the family. You know, it has been a, a rather bittersweet time. And I know that even in the midst of the tears, there have been plenty of smiles. One of those smiles came when I realized and when I heard this great story about Lynn when he was a student at the University of Arkansas. Lynn made three extremely important life choices. It shows you the kind of man he was. First of all, he chose Jean to be his wife. That was a great choice. The second choice he made was he chose to be a member of the Republican Party. And the third choice was that he chose to be a member of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Now, I know you all have your own way of thinking what's most important. Jean is saying, chose me. You Republicans are saying, chose us. You Democrats aren't saying anything. (laughs) And being as how I'm the pastor of a Lutheran church in Missouri Synod, I say, way to go, Lynn. I have to tell you that Lynn was uh, one of the godliest men that I have ever seen or met. And I say that even though I only knew him for two and a half years. I know, though, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that he loved his wife Jean very much. He loved his children very much. He loved his entire family. He loved his friends. He loved this church. He loved the state he lived in. He loved the country he lived in. But most of all, what I know about Lynn is that he loved his Lord. For Lynn Lowe, church and Sunday school was not just a place that you went on a Sunday morning. It wasn't something you added on your resume that looked good in your obituary someday. For Lynn Lowe, this place for many years was a place to meet God and a place for him to find his place within the body of Christ and in Jesus. Our church has suffered a big loss in the last couple of weeks because we have laid to rest now about a week apart two elders of our church. A week ago, Friday, as we laid to rest, Clyde Nipper, And Lynn was here, sitting towards the back at that time. And now today, we lay to rest Lynn Lowe. It's been a tough time for this congregation. It's been a tough time for the families. Sometimes you begin to wonder, does anybody else begin to feel what we feel? And maybe some of you, the family members this week, have thought from time to time, I wonder if anybody else has ever felt the way we feel. Has anybody else ever experienced the pain and the loneliness that we're going through right now? Well, although it's true that no one knows exactly how we feel, other people have experienced the devastation of the loss of a loved one. The experience of one such person is recorded in the Bible, in the book of Job. Job had it all. I want to tell you a little bit about him. Job had ten children. Job was a farmer, kind of like Lynn. He had fields of livestock, he had an abundance of land, he had a house full of servants, and he had a substantial stash of cash, if you believe what the Bible says. But then without warning, kind of like a hurricane, kind of like an avalanche, adversity struck that family. He lost his livestock, he lost his crops, he lost his land, he lost his servants, and if you can believe it, he lost all ten children But soon after that, he lost the last vestige of being a human. He lost his health as he sat there, body covered from head to toe with boils. If that were not bad enough, his wife even came and said to him, Job, just curse God and die. Job had experienced his own sea of pain and could therefore write from experience about the intense suffering that he went through. But in the midst of this suffering, in the midst of Job's pain, he had a profound statement of faith. And that's what I want to share with you today. It comes from the 19th chapter of Job. It's printed for you in your worship. Let me read it to you. It says, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And after my skin is destroyed, this I know that in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another, how my heart yearns within me. Those of you that are Christians probably know that typically on Easter Sunday, we sing some of those words. We sing as the organ blares, and as the horns blow, and the timpanies roll. I know that my Redeemer lives. I hope you caught Job's certainty in that passage. And like Job, even in our pain, there are certain things that we can know, things that we can be certain about. And these are things that Lynn Lowe knew very well. Twice in this Bible passage, Job says there are some things that he knows. Here's the first one. Job says, I know that there is a Redeemer. And I hope you notice he said... It's my Redeemer. He had a personal relationship with his Redeemer. That's a personal statement, a personal conviction. It was not hearsay. It was not speculation, but it was truth that was uttered straight from his heart. Now, a Redeemer is defined as one who repurchases. It's somebody who delivers from bondage a person by paying a ransom. Now... You know, Job could have said, I know that my Savior lives, and he would have been accurate. He could have said, I know that my champion lives, and he would have been right. He could have said, I know that my advocate lives, and he would have been right again. But he didn't use any of those words. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives. Job knew that he had to be purchased back. He knew that ultimately he belonged to God, but he also knew that sin had separated him from God and that God had to do something to buy him back from the grips of Satan. He had confidence in God and his goodness and faithfulness to say, I know my Redeemer lives. I know the one who buys me back. Lynn Lowe had this kind of personal relationship with, I've wondered how many times Lynn may have sung that song in his life, I Know That My Redeemer Lives, and he knew it. He could say with confidence, I know my Redeemer lives, because he's my Redeemer, he's promised it. You know, if Lynn were here today, he could speak to you. I think he would tell you that there is absolutely nothing more important than having a personal relationship with the Savior. He would tell you that. I don't know how many times, just even in the short time I've known him, that he came to me and said, Pastor, I've got to tell you this little story. And he would tell me about meeting someone somewhere. And then he would tell me about how he tried to get that conversation around to tell them about Jesus. Not only would he say to all of you that are gathered here, that hear my voice today, that it's important that you have a living, lasting, loving relationship with Jesus, but he would also tell you that it's very important that you share that message with other people. I'm going to give you two great examples of that. I happen to be Vice President of Christ for India and because of that position I've invited several missionaries to our church from India. They've spoken and they talk about the need for building churches in India where about 98 percent of the people are non-believers. Lin Lowe was so captivated by that message that he took it upon himself and said, Pastor, I want to see to it that this church builds a church in India. And in a matter of weeks, we built a church that cost $10,000 in India. And I tell you, no one was more proud of that than Lin Lowe when we put those pictures up on the screen that Sunday. And not long ago, he told me, Pastor, and there's no reason why we can't do more of those, maybe one or two or three every year. I've already told you this, Gene, and the rest of your family. Uh, I know that as a memorial, uh, not only to live, but I think probably also partly in honor of Clyde, also one of our, our elders. This church is certainly going to build another church in India, and it's going to happen pretty quick. And by the way, you all are welcome to help out. <laughs> it's only 10,000 dollars. Some of you could build one yourself. It' be a great dedication would be a great memory. I want to share something else that happened with Lynn. We had our last elders' meeting about two, maybe three weeks ago, and those of you that are elders may remember this meeting. We talked about all kinds of things. We had the pastor's report, and we talked a little bit about what's going on in our zones, and we talked a little bit about the fact how Clyde Nipper had passed away and the funeral was coming up. But And we told a bunch of funny stories like we generally do. And at the end of the meeting... Lynn said, can I say one more thing? And the one more thing that he added was this. He said, this was a great night. It was good for us to talk about this. But next meeting, you know something? We really need to talk about what we can do for Jesus through this church. That's because the Redeemer was his Redeemer. His Redeemer was the one who purchased Lynn back from the devil through his shed blood. That's why Job could say, that's why Lynn believed, I know my Redeemer lives. He said, it's so emphatically that he wants you to know that Redeemer and he wants you to share that with others. There's a second thing that Job was certain of, and that's that this body is not permanent. Job said, after my skin has been destroyed. Well, Paul Several hundred years later said, For we know that if this earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in this body, we are absent from the Lord. We've been going through a study of Revelation in adult Bible class. Lynn has made it through virtually every chapter except for the last one that we'll cover this Sunday which is called What's Heaven Like? Wouldn't it be great to have him back, to have him tell us he didn't need this last chapter folks he's already there with that new body here's the third thing Job was certain of and that's that death is not an end Job says that even after his body has been destroyed that he will continue to exist he's certain that this will not be the end of him. He knew that someday that soul of his was going to be reunited with this brand new body. Paul talked about that. He said, we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, when we die and leave these bodies, we will have a home in heaven, and an eternal body made for us by God, not by human hands. Lynn was a craftsman in many ways, but he, he, he doesn't compare with what God can do. Not only preparing his place, but yeah, gee, just like that necklace. God could do that one better. Maybe Lynn's going to show him how. Fourth, Job also expressed his confidence that he would see God. He said, I shall see God whom I shall see for myself and my eyes shall behold and not another. See, Job is is certain that this experience for him is going to be very personal, that's going to be very real. And friends, what lin Lowe believed by faith, he now sees by sight for that moment that he took his last breath on this earth. He took his next breath in heaven and there he was in God's presence, seeing him face to face just as God had promised. Now, Job's joyful exclamation was, My eyes shall behold him, how my heart yearns within me. Now, you could translate that very literally. That says, I'm overwhelmed by the thought of seeing God. Can you imagine what that's going to be like to see God face to face, to walk arm in arm with Jesus? Now, Lynn, who knew his Bible very well, and that's why I like to use him, now, he was teaching before I got here, and every time I would leave, Lynn would take my spot. And when I was laid up this last year, I got to sit there for about four or five weeks and listen to Lynn share from God's Word. He knew His Word. I think one word he would share today comes from Second Corinthians, where it says, I would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. He would be extremely selfish for us today to have Lynn back. For he is where his life of faith prepared him to be. I can't bring him back. No one can. But I believe he'd want you to know that you too can have the same joy that Job describes and that he now possesses. This joy is found in having this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus said in the gospel, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. You know right now it's it's hard it's hard for me too i know it's hard on the family i know it's hard on people who know lynn it's hard to rejoice right now friends but we should rejoice we should rejoice in our hearts today that lynn is in the presence of god we should rejoice today that he now knows god perfectly We should rejoice that he beholds the glory of God's presence, and we should rejoice and we should thank him for saving Lynn and bringing him safely home where he belongs. This is something we all need to remember as we look to the days ahead. The grief that we feel right now, all of the emotions that surge through our bodies right now that go with it, uh, should draw us closer to Christ. God knows every breath we take, he knows every pain we endure. He knows every groan we utter. And he knows every tear that we have shed. Lynn, if you were here today, if I could say something to you, I, I would just repeat something in the Bible. Lynn, you fought a good fight. You finished your course. You have kept the faith. Now receive your reward. We miss you. We love you. But we know God loves you even more. A. Lynn Lowe of Texarkana, Arkansas passed away on August the 14th at his residence. Mr. Lowe was born on March 6, 1936, to Ruth McKinley Lowe and Jesse Luther Lowe in Miller County, Arkansas. He was preceded in death by a brother, Jesse Luther Lowe, Jr. He graduated from Garland High School and attended Southern Arkansas University in Magnolia for two years before he graduated in 1959 with a Bachelor of Science degree in Agricultural Engineering from the University of Arkansas in Fayetteville. He was proud to be a lifelong farmer in Southwest Arkansas. One of the things that made Mr. Lowe the happiest was serving others. He currently was serving as Board Chairman of the Southwest Arkansas Electrical Cooperative Commission, where he considered everyone there his family. He was Arkansas Republican Party Chairman from 1974 to 1980, and Republican National Committeeman from Arkansas from 1980 to 1988. Lynn loved his wife, family, state, country, but most of all he loved his Lord. He was an elder and Sunday school teacher at First Lutheran Church in Texarkana. He was especially proud that his daughter Ruthie taught the little ones in Sunday school also. We want to thank him for the wise counsel and for all the special mementos he made with love for us in his workshop and for his kindness. The treasure of his life was being Warren's papa, and he was a wonderful one. Survivors include his wife, Jean, one son and daughter-in-law, Michael and Diana, two daughters and sons-in-law, Ruthie of Texarkana, Martha and Chris Robertson of Little Rock. He's also survived by one brother, Robert McKinley, and two sisters, Jean Davis and Dot Fisher, and three grandchildren, Christopher of Little Rock, Julia, College Station, Texas, and Warren of Little Rock, Arkansas. He will be missed. Let's continue. In-